All right. Good morning, Abundant Life. How are you? No, really. How are you this morning? Are you doing well? God bless you. Good to see each and every one of you out. What an exciting day as we lift up the name of Jesus. That's why we've come. We're glad you're with us. And uh, really, what we want to ask today is, how's your fruit this morning? How's your fruit? Is it juicy? Okay, good. Somebody got it. Their fruit is juicy. Your fruit is juicy. That's a good thing. We're in this series. Last week was on patience. Pastor Ben did an amazing job last Sunday on patience. I heard him on the video. It was a great time. And uh, what a great word. How many of you worked on patience this last week or God made you work on patience? You were long on the suffering, long on the suffering. Are you with me? Yes. Well, Today, I want to talk about probably one of the most underrated fruits on the fruit stand, if you will, as we look at it today, and we're going to talk about kindness. Can you say kindness? Yep, that's what we're going to talk about, kindness as we look in God's Word. How many of you know someone who is kindness-challenged? You know somebody that's kindness-challenged, and they have a really high jerk factor, Okay, how many, don't point at them, but you know who you are, a really high jerk factor, and uh, have you ever met somebody who, who kind of took a nasty pill every single morning? It was like that long, long-lasting 24-hour nasty pill, you know, they had it in their system all day long. Well, as we talk today about kindness, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to continue in the fruits of the Spirit, in loving kindness, to spread the love of God every day in a very practical way. And we have been looking at this portion of Scripture in Galatians that the Apostle Paul is talking to that church as he's talking to us today, Abundant Life Church, just like he talked to the church in Galatia, he talks to us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So listen, I want to say from the outset today that you can have great skills and you can have great giftings, but if you don't have loving kindness, you have nothing. How many of you are with me? Are you with me today? Say yes. I just need to know that you're here in real time today. So I want to talk to you today about how kindness and consideration can make a big difference in all of our lives. And I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 really quick. It says, love is kind. Can somebody say that with me? Love is kind. It's there. So I want you to understand that, that it's right there. It's one of those descriptors inside of love that it is kind. You and I cannot separate God's love from his kindness. Did you know that? Because the scripture says it right there. They are inseparable. So a couple of things I want you to know today if you're taking notes or on the app. The first thing is you have something to offer that nobody else can give. That you and I have something to offer that nobody else can give on this planet. Somebody needs your encouragement Somebody needs to know that you believe in them, that you are for them, that your smile, your voice, your words, your acts of kindness are something that nobody else can give on the planet but you. Oh yeah, somebody else can give theirs, but but you have to give what God has given to you. 
So 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1, there's a story where David in the Old Testament is reflecting on his, he's thinking about his life. He's thinking about how absolutely blessed he is and the people that have been good to him along the way. And he blurts out this question. He says, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Someone... You know, as I look back, it, it, it's been so good to me. My life has been so good, and I just want to pay back. It's like he's looking around on that day for something he can do something for. They're, they're, this is so different than and a lot of people who are looking around wondering who will do something for them. Looking around, oh, who's going to do something good for me today? No, no, no. It's what I can do for somebody else. And in this story, David's kindness, his consideration, led him to help a man that was crippled and orphaned as a child. And help him get back and live a life that was pleasing and honoring. It all started with David saying, whom, whom can I show kindness to? What a great story in the Old Testament. And about a little child, someone who actually dropped him on his feet. They broke his feet. His feet got broken in the process. He became crippled. And for the remainder of his life, he was crippled. And the sad part of the story in this era is if someone's crippled, they're considered to have done something wrong. That it must have been their sin, it must have been their fault in life, and your sin, and there's something wrong with you. That's how it was considered in that day. And so this little kid called Mephibosheth, who was crippled in his feet, was considered an outcast. You know, looked down on, despised on, until one day Mephibosheth's dad who happened to be best friends with the king. His dad had died, and King David said, is there anyone in Jonathan's house that I can show kindness to at all for the sake of friendship? I, you know, I want to do something kind. And someone said, well, hey, there is this one person. There is this one, one man. He's crippled, and, 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 and many people look down on him. And David said very passionately, you don't understand. Get him to the palace. Why? Because that is what we do for family." And the scripture says in 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 13, and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet. I want to tell you today that every single one of us are messed up some way and we have crippled feet. In our lives that, that we are we're dealing with baggage and we are dealing with sin and we have issues and, and every person here that we are going through some type of struggle through our lives or things that we have carried with us. And what we do is we come and we prop our crippled feet up on the table and we say, thank God that someone accepted us for who we are. Can I hear an amen? Somebody loved me. Somebody showed kindness to me, even in my crippled condition, even with my baggage, even with my junk, and even with my issues. And we see that in the life of this church so many times where loving kindness is going forward and and, and people are getting healed and people are being transformed into the image of Christ Jesus because kindness has been extended. Kindness has been extended. Let me tell you this as well. How many of you know that nobody can do your push-ups in life? How many of you are with me? Are you with me? Nobody can do your push-ups. Are you with me? Wouldn't it be nice that somebody else did the push-ups and you got buffed because of that? That would be awesome. Thank you for doing the push-ups. Man, I look good. But that is not how life works. Isn't that right? Then nobody can do our push-ups for us. 
So no one else can give your kindness. No one can give your smile. Nobody can give your words. No one else on the face of the earth can give your words of encouragement. Did you know that? Let's not be the person who withholds kindness. Amen? Because we're reminded of Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's the kindness, excuse me, of who he is that led you and me to repent of our sins. It's a great reminder for us. So who can you show kindness to today? Who is it that you could show kindness to today? I just want to put that into your heart. Who can you show kindness to? Remember, nobody else can bring your kindness. Nobody else can do your push-ups but you. You know, our missions team, uh, as was said earlier, our missions team went to Houston. There's a little bit of video behind me. Uh, it showed some of the things they did a couple weeks ago, brought the kindness to Houston, that hurricane-devastated area. And it's amazing what we can do when we do it together. Amen? I mean, it really is. There's something about the kindness and the love of God that is extended. When we go out and help people, it's amazing when we do it together because then there is compounded kindness in Jesus' name. That we go out and we extend and we are the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's some great video. Come on, would you give our Houston team, they tried, they tried, I know. Come on, would you give our Houston team a great big hand clap for going and blessing and being a blessing there and those of you that win. Yeah. How many of you know that kindness is a powerful force? It's world-changing. With kindness, you can lift a sad person's spirit. With it, you can cool down an angry person. You can bridge racial, ethnic, social, economic bridges. With it, you can lower someone's stress or reduce someone's fear because it's close up, it's face-to-face, and it's hands-on kindness. But you know, kindness is more than compassion. The very nature of exhibiting it to another person lets that person know you have self-worth and it lifts them to a new level. And Jesus is the greatest example of that, that, that Jesus, you never saw Jesus inconvenienced by people that were around him. He never was inconvenienced by the children that would come up to him. He never, he never turned the children away. He wasn't inconvenienced by the sick. He wasn't inconvenienced by the weary or, or the broken. That He understood that he had something to offer, just like you and I have something to offer other people, and only you can give it out. Secondly, also, when you believe the best in people, you help bring the best out of them. Did you know that? When you abs- absolutely believe the best in people, you bring the best out of them. So here's a key thought. Rather than focusing on what they are right now, focus on what they will become. See the potential that a person has to go beyond where they are right now. You know, the people that were around Jesus were were, were flawed in, in so many different ways that they were just raw material, just like we feel many times on any given week, any given time of any given day that we realized, man, I just feel like raw material, that they feel like they were messed up and, and they had screwed up so many times. But Jesus didn't focus on the weakness of their faults. He focused on their potential and what they could become in spite of what he saw. That's kindness. 
looking to find the potential in every person, in every situation. I love doing that. I'm sure many of you do, that you look to find the potential inside of other people. The, the apostle Peter had a lot of rough edges in his life. Matter of fact, he probably, he was loud, he was hot-tempered, he probably should have taken an anger management class, okay? We, we see that. But Jesus saw the potential inside of the apostle Peter, and then he put him in charge of the church. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, many do some things that you don't like many times, right? They may have some bad habits, annoying ways, but rather than policing or correcting people all the time, sometimes the best thing to do is stay kind and hope God gives you a chance to help them someday. And call the greatness and call the potential out of them and encourage them with your words. I don't know if anybody's hearing me today. I don't know if anybody's hearing me in a world that's gone insular and insulated with all of our comments, all of our stuff that we keep inside. When we could be people of encouragement and see the potential that Jesus Christ has placed within their life. Amen. We are called to be that people. We are called to be that person. You know, it's amazing. The theologian William Barclay said this, more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. That is so true. That is so true that people normally don't come to Jesus and find Jesus because of some good theological argument. We're a church that believes in truth, but listen, and we preach that truth, but we believe that loving kindness goes the difference and reaches people for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? See the best in people. God sees the best in us. I'm talking about juicy fruit. Are you still with me today? Come on, ask somebody if they're juicy today. Come on. Come on, ask them. It's loaded. It's loaded. It's loaded. Ask them if they're juicy. Juicy with kindness. I think in a few weeks we're going to have to do a fruit test. We're going to have to squeeze some fruit around here. And we're going to have to check some fruit out. Okay? Remember this. Number three, you can't always give back what you get from people if you want God's favor and blessing. You can't get back what you get all the time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. In other words, when, somebody, when somebody's treating you wrong, don't treat them wrong in return. They may talk nasty about you, but you don't need to talk nasty about them. They may be rude to you, but you don't need to be rude back. They may even insult you, but you don't need to insult them back. You know, they may even deserve your wrath, but how about giving them your loving kindness? They may be meaner than a junkyard dog, but kill them with kindness. Amen? Come on. That's what we're called to do in Jesus, right? That's what we're called to do as believers in Christ. Ephesians 4, 31 through 5, 2. Let all, this is amazing, let all, he's not letting, let all, he's not letting anything go. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another. He's saying, listen, kindness 
must replace all of those hard-hearted ways. Christian kindness is tender-hearted. Listen, if the heart is hard on the inside and manners are polite on the outside, it's not Christian kindness. I'm sorry. Why? Because he talked about tender-hearted. There is a tender hardness that comes that we understand, like just even our own skin in areas that are more sensitive when it's poked or when it's touched or when it's hit or hurt, that we feel that and we have a sensitivity to that. And this is what he's saying. There must be a sensitivity that quickly says, hey, that's not loving kindness in my life. That's not loving kindness that I see out there. But it's tender heartedness. That is the Christ-like way to live. What I want to say is God's favor and God's blessing is on us as believers. Did you know that today? Listen, it's something that you don't have to work for. You just step into Christ and he says, listen, my blessing and my favor is upon your life. You've got it. You have it. And 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Now, isn't that good? That is practical. I mean, this is about as practical as you get. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. So practical, but with blessing, because this, to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. That's what you need to do. Don't repay those things, but he said you need to do this and bless other people so that you can inherit the blessings of God. We are called to bless so that we can inherit a blessing. You know, how we treat other people can have a great impact on the degree of blessing and favor of God we are experiencing in our own lives. If that rings true to you, say, yes, Lord. That's right. So it's really amazing. If anybody had a right to repay with evil, it was Joseph in the Old Testament. Young man, coat of many colors, book of Genesis, his brothers hated him, sold him into slavery, wanted him dead, 13 years of heartache. 13 years of being in slavery for a crime he didn't commit, God supernaturally promoted him to the second highest position in Egypt. What am I saying? God keeps good record. You don't have to. God keeps good record. And he knows when we're given an insult, and God surely knows when we're given a blessing. And Joseph turns around and he blesses his brothers. How many of you want to be like Joseph? Amen right? Kindness. Kindness. Like Joseph, you may have a right to be angry, to hold a grudge, but but you will have to let it go to get the blessing of the Lord. Um, You can turn something evil into something good today. If you just turn around and bless it, if you'll just be kind in the midst of what you're going through. Number four, when it comes to showing kindness, set a higher standard for yourself than others would. Wow, that's powerful. Let's talk about this a moment because Matthew chapter 5 and verse 46 talks about this. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? If you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that? He said the the, the sinner does that. That, that's That's what they do. Jesus is saying that the world will have a standard way of treating other people, and he's telling his followers to go above and beyond and take the high road inside of it. You know, what happens in humanity, most people exchange kindness. Did you know that? Most people exchange kindness. That's what we do. That's how many of us operate on a daily basis. We just take the kindness and we only exchange it, which means they give it back to specific others in the measure that specific others give it to them. 
withholding it from the rest. I'm only giving it because you gave it to me, right? So this is how it works inside of that, that this represents my kindness. This could represent your kindness inside of here. So we say, wow, I'm so thankful, man, that you gave me kindness. So I look out and I see, oh, well, who gave, oh, great, thank you. You gave me kindness. So here, I'm going to give you some of my kindness back to you. I'm going to give the kindness that God has given to me. I'm going to give it back to you because, hey, you gave it to me. So that's the way. And so humanity operates, and sometimes, many times, and some of, some of us are very good at this, we only exchange the kindness that we've gotten from other people, and we only give it back to them in the same measure. And that's how many people base their kindness. But as many people are stuck in this mindset of kindness. This fruit of the spirit that I'm only going to, because why? It's a me first attitude. It's a me first attitude. I mean, hey, why should I do something for them when they haven't done anything for me? Are you with me? Hello, somebody. I'm only preaching what Jesus said. I'm only the messenger. I'm not Jesus. I'm just passing on the word of truth. How many of you are with me today? The message of Jesus is don't wait for someone else to reach for their pitcher to give them kindness. But we're just called to just fill it up to overflowing and give it out to people that are along our pathway that need the Lord, that need the kindness, even if they haven't done anything kind for us. How many times do we just give it out to those? Humanity most of the time only exchanges kindness. And we're stuck in a pattern of that. Why should I go out of my way, you know? That's human nature. And, and that just kind of gets in all of us as humanity. God is calling us to take our, our cup, take our pitcher, and just give it out. Jesus is like, hey, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait for kindness just to come your way to give to somebody that is desperately in need of it every single day whether it be in our homes, in our marriages, to our spouse and to our kids that are so desperately needing our kindness and needing our words and needing our smile and needing our love and need to be built up and encouraged. Just give it, give it, randomly, give it out. See, whenever God's expectations are weighing you down, it's because loving kindness is missing. Well, I'm so underneath of this. I, God, I can't give out any more to my family. I can't give out my, more to my boss. I can't give my coworkers. I can't give it out to the person, the clerk at the grocery store, person that's waiting on my table. I can't, I just don't have. See, what happens is you gotta understand whenever God's expectations are weighing you down, it's because loving kindness is missing in your life. Loving kindness removes the burden that is there. The Bible says Jacob loved Rachel. I remember this story in the Old Testament. Jacob loved Rachel. You need to read that story because it's an it's amazing story. Her father said, you're going to have to work seven years to get my daughter's hand. Jacob worked seven years, the Bible tells us. And then he threw him a curveball. He snuck in his daughter, Leah. He, he had been tricked into marrying Leah when he loved Rachel. And now her father, Laban, said, if you want Rachel, you've got to work another Seven years. 14 years of hard labor, but Genesis 27 says Jacob worked for seven years because he loved Rachel, but it seemed like only a day. See, if God's expectations are weighing you down today, 
you got to understand that loving kindness is missing from your life. So when you do it in his name, it just seems like only a day, only a moment. Giving him thanks for what he's done. That, that boy had love in his heart. He loved her. See, the burden decreased. This is a guy with a high standard of love. This is a guy that understood the highest standard of love. And, and let me tell you, let me go back to this. We, we need high standards of love in our homes, man. We, we need high standards of love in our marriages with our spouse, with our kids, in a world that's beating us up in so many ways. We need high standards of love in the church, in our workplace, wherever it may be. You don't have to wait for somebody to ask you uh, for forgiveness to forgive them. Amen? That's why many people live miserable lives. I'm waiting on them to forgive me before I go on, and then they're stuck there. But rather, believe the best in other people and expect the best inside of them. I, you know, I love the history story of President Lincoln. He was, he was having some bad press, and there was, there was another man in the military. It, it was someone way up high. His name was Edwin Stanton, who had some very bad things to say about President Lincoln, the press run over to the president, and they asked him, so what would you like to say about him, Ed Edward Stan? How, what would you like to say about him? And Lincoln said, well, he's a really fine man, and he, he's, a, he's a man of great intelligence and skill, and we are fortunate to have him serving our country here. The press was like, well, do you know that he said this about you, and he said that about you, and he made some digs into you and your character, and, and the president listens and then answers he said, I thought you asked me about him, not what he thought about me. Don't let what other people do or don't do stop you from living a life of kindness and consideration for others. Uh, let, let, let's lead on this issue and not follow. Let, let's lead as born-again believers in Christ. Let's lead on this issue of loving kindness, and let's not lower our expectation on it. Let, let's be considerate, and let's be kind, and let's raise it up. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt, and you are the earth. And what he did, he said, I'm getting ready to go to the Father, and you are it now to take the salt and the light to a world that is lost, that men might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. What could really happen in our world if we were a people that was full of loving kindness and we leave this place and we go into our homes in just a few moments, we go into our cars in just a few moments, we go into our workplace today or tomorrow, and we are people so filled with loving kindness that it infiltrates and it spills over from our kindness picture into a world that is desperately needing loving kindness today. It's a game changer. Our communities would be different. Our homes would be different. Our workplace would be different. How many of you are with me say yes? It really would be. The church would be different. The body of Christ would be different of how we put Jesus on display. That's so we're called to do this. And matter of fact, Hebrews 10, 24. Consider how we stir one another up to work to good works. That is encourage, spread kindness. Spread kindness. So what is your capacity for kindness? You ever wonder that? What is your capacity for kindness? You know, I can tell you this. I believe that we all could show more kindness. I, I really think that we can encourage more loving kindness in the world, and we sure do need it. And so 
I want to go back to the scripture verse and how we do this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be taken away from you. Now listen, the verb is passive in this, in this portion of scripture. So the instrument of our kindness is not simply ourselves. How many times have each of us tried to get rid of bitterness, malice, anger, wrath, and strife on our own? I mean, really. How many times we process and process and process in our mind and we're still not able to get through it. We're still not able to, to get around it and have the fruit of the spirit of kindness come. Well, he's saying in here, he says, he said, let all bitterness be taken away from you. That means we need a helper outside of ourselves to come and take and pull away those things with God's help. Sir, ma'am, you can't do it by yourself today. That's why it's called the fruit of the, yeah. It's not the fruit of human thinking, human intelligence, human understanding. It is the fruit of the Spirit that will help us take away the bitterness, the malice, the wrath, the ungodly anger. Not all anger is ungodly, but it can go to that level. But that ungodly anger, that unrighteous behavior to take away. He said, that's my fruit. I give to you and I want to give it to you today. And we make this thing so hard rather than just, as we sang about just a few moments ago, about surrendering to the Lord and giving more of ourselves to the work of God through the Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, come and live within me and take more room up in my life and bear your fruit inside of me, the fruit of loving kindness. The Holy Spirit can take away whatever you're going through today that's bitter, that's unkind, that's not considerate, that's not loving, that does not represent who Jesus is. There is a power outside of us, the work of the Spirit. Yes, He comes to live within us, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that supernatural power that can give you power to live in loving kindness today. So how do we get through this? We understand, remember, God is the source of kindness and he can conquer unkindness. He's the source. So he can surely conquer unkindness. So remember, loving kindness is a choice. It's, it's not a feeling. How many of you know that? Loving kindness is a choice, just like all these fruits are. John Bunyan said this, you have not lived today until you have done something for someone that cannot pay you back. So I have a, I have a kindness challenge for this body. You're in the sound of my voice today. And here it is. Do something kind for someone that cannot repay you. Maybe that can never, ever repay you. Do something kind today, this week, Somebody that really you really couldn't even step into your world and exchange the kindness. That, 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 that is a real power there that Jesus had. That I mean, what are these people going to give back to Jesus when he's about ready to touch them and heal them? He gave it because he loved them out of his loving kindness. He cared for them. He wanted the best for them. He wanted them to be whole. And he stepped up and he was not inconvenienced by them. So many times we get inconvenienced by people. Yes, we get tired. Jesus had to go away and he had to fill up. But listen, when people came up to him, it's not like, oh man, right now, are you serious? This is a bad, this is a bad time. It's a bad time and I can't, no. He loved them. There was loving kindness that he exuded. He touched them. He had compassion upon them. He healed them. He forgave them. He cared about them. And so today I want to encourage you that you would do something kind for someone that could not repay you, maybe can never repay you. Proverbs 16, 24. 
kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. How many of you like honey? Come on, you like honey today? You like, well, you're going to get some honey before you leave, all right? And, and we're, we're going to give you some honey to be reminded of. When you speak kind words, they're like honey. Sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. That's what it says. Kindness is powerful. Christ-like kindness can lead someone to faith in Jesus because you and I only are sitting here today in this church because God's kindness leads us towards repentance. Amen? That I am thankful for the kindness of God. That I am even here today doing what he's called me to do just like you we are called to graduate level kindness it's industrial strength it's it's otherworldly kindness and people who give that kind of kindness understand what God did for them and they live out of that and they live out of the overflow of that every single day so we respond by giving costly sacrificial Christ-like caliber kindness. That's powerful. And let me tell you something. It's what will change this world. It's what will change this world. That there would be more love and there would be more kindness that would come from the body of Christ because love conquers hate. Love conquers strife, fear, the anxiety bitterness. Is there bitterness in your heart today? His loving kindness can conquer that in the name.